Welcome back to Starring Milana, the podcast. I'm your host, Milana, and this is season two, episode one of my podcast. So first of all, thank you for starting your week out with me. I'm honored. Um, And happy Milana Monday. As you know, we are here every single Monday. Um, A few things. We left off last season trying to figure out if I was going to continue them as episodes or break it up into seasons. So I got a lot of feedback that people were saying just break it up into seasons. So that is why we're here with season two. We don't really have a structure, you know? It's kind of like whenever I decide the season ends, it ends. (laughs) I'm sure it'll end... uh, sometime mid-year, probably in the fall, just because I'm going to need another break at some point. But we decided to go with seasons. Anyway, welcome back. I missed you guys so much. I'm so happy to be back. You have no idea. Um, I got a little bit of uh, R&R. What does R&R mean? Rest in you know when you hear people say it and you're like, yeah, me too. I knew it was like relaxation. I forgot about that. Yeah, I, okay. I got some R&R and your girl is back. If this is your first time listening, we are here every single Monday, okay? So I, I love that you guys start off the week with me. And um, I'm going to do a little breakdown for those of you who are new here. So every week we are here on Mondays, and we have three different segments. We start off with BTS, which is behind the scenes of my past week. The second segment is called Talkworthy, where we pick a few things going on in the media, and we try to offer a different perspective. And the third segment is called Dropping Gems, where we pick a topic of the week, and we drop a few gems. So for those of you who are watching on YouTube, because there is a visual to this podcast, that's youtube.com forward slash starring Milana, you may notice that the setup changed a little bit. You know, amidst the R&R, we upgraded the set a little bit, I would say. Alina brought me these beautiful peonies, which are actually, fun fact, my favorite flower, um, and they just added so much value to the set. We have a table. I'm trying to look forward. Now, let's talk about that. So let me just say this. When y'all talk, I listen. Even if it's rude, you know, if it, even if it's a rude comment, I'm still paying attention because constructive criticism never hurts anyone. Nobody? Never hurt nobody? Anybody? Wow, I'm nervous. <laughs> Basically, somebody commented on my YouTube channel and they said to me that um, I need to look forward at the camera. They must have not gotten the memo that YouTube is secondary for me and that I really focus on my podcast, so I'm not really trying to look at the camera, I kind of look at Lena, I interact with Lena, and um, I look at my notes, and that's about it. You know, the camera's just there to add a little bit of value and gather that audience from YouTube. He said, it's very distracting and blah, 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 when you don't look at the camera, look at the camera. Basically, he cussed me out and told me to look at the camera, and I was like, I'm, he doesn't get it, and then I thought about it, and I was like, you know what, bitch, look at the camera. If you're going to have the camera, just look at the camera. Like, So now I'm trying to look at the camera. Every now and then I'll glance at Lena because she's here and I can't get rid of the bitch. But for the most part, I'll look at the camera uh, or my notes. Anyway, talking too much. Uh, Let's just get into the episode. All right. So usually, as you guys know, for the BTS segment, we recap my past week. But since I took a hiatus, I decided to recap the past hmm, six weeks. 
six weeks. I'm not going to go into like full on detail about what happened in the six weeks. I'm just going to give you just a brief overlook of my past six weeks. So as many of you know, I traveled to Italy. That was a big reason why I took such a long break. And I'm going to get into that in the dropping gem segment because the topic of the week is basically travel. I'm going to drop a few gems about travel. Okay, so this episode's obviously pre-recorded, um, but a little bit further than usual. Like usually we'll pre-record on a Friday or a Saturday, so I have time to get it out for you guys on Monday. But this one is during the week because I am not going to be available this weekend because it's my birthday. That's right. On 69, 6-9, June 9th. Take the 6, flip it upside down. It's a 9, 6-9. It's my birthday. So when you're listening to this, yesterday was my birthday. So if you didn't wish me happy birthday, it's never too late. And I'm going to be in Palm Springs, okay? Uh, if you know me, you know that I love a party. I love to be surrounded by my friends on my birthday. I like to be drunk, singing, ain't no fun. It's my favorite thing to do. And I'm not doing that this year. You know, I thought that I was going to come back and do a big 20-something birthday, I can tell you how old I am. We're going to do a big 20-something birthday. Um, but I decided that I was still tired from Italy. And I would rather focus on bringing back this podcast. So I opted out for Palm Springs, which is a blessing in itself. And it's going to be relaxing. I'm going to get some more R&R. &R. <laughs> um, so that's what I'm doing for my birthday. I'll be in Palm Springs. But you know who did get a birthday party? Popcorn. My dog turned one, and let me tell you, it was a turn up, okay? We just thought we were going to trap fried chicken. I don't eat chicken, but it was for all the other people that uh, to celebrate Popcorn's birthday with my cousin and her fiancé, but a bunch of other dogs came, and it was a party. He got a bottle of 1942 tequila. Obviously, I didn't give it to him. I don't want to hear it, but uh, it was a good time. He had more people at his party than I'm going to have at mine in Palm Springs, okay? What else has been going on? Orange Theory. I'm still going. I don't know why. I'm volunteering to die. I have been going four to five times a week. Actually, May Mayhem just ended, and it was a nightmare. I think it was like almost as bad as Hell Week. It was horrible. Like Lena and I, we go to different studios, but we both went, and it was we're just like so sore. We can't walk. And I've been going four or five times a week, and that's a lot. If you've ever done Orange Theory, you know that like probably three classes will hold you over all week. Like I'm really pushing myself, but I mean, I just love it. I'm like really addicted to it. I go in the mornings. Also, I saw the new Aladdin movie. I loved it. I didn't even know what the fuck I was getting myself into. My cousin was like, let's go see the Aladdin movie. I'm like, okay, let's go somewhere with alcohol. So we went to an AMC and I got like a margarita and I got nachos. My favorite part about movies is eating the janky like cheese nachos with um, like a lot of jalapeno. Just an excessive, disgusting amount of jalapeno. That's my favorite thing about going to movies. And I'm like, so Will Smith, is a, he's the voice of the genie, right? Like who's the voice of the other people? She's like, this is not an animated movie. This is like a movie. I was like, oh, we're going to see real fucking people? I was so into it. The cast is like really hot, I think. I think it's a good looking cast. I really like the movie. It wasn't like corny. It was like funny and like kind of kinky. Like it was good. So I'm happy I saw that. And I want to see Rocket Man next. That's the movie about Elton John. Um, 
he really had his foot in it. So I'm pretty sure that it's going to be a good one. So if anyone's seen it, DM me. Let me know your thoughts. That's next on my list. You know what else I've been watching? Real Housewives of New York. If you remember, before I left on my trip, I told you guys, I just need a hiatus. I need a break. I just need a binge, like, reality crap and, like, relax. And I, boy, did I fucking binge Real Housewives of New York while I was in Italy. I mean, getting ready. It's just on all the time. I started in season one, and I'm now in season eight. I'm, like, addicted to it. I can't get over it. Ramona Singer is, like, top five best, strangest people in the world. Fucking love that show. Um, Game of Thrones. Anybody? And Lena? Oh, she doesn't watch it. Oh, you should watch it. I mean, you should. You know what? I think you'll like it. It fucking broke my heart. That ending. I'm not going to go into it because there's some people that probably never watched it. It was whack, but don't let that deter you from watching because everything up until this point was great. I mean, but really, like Daenerys and and John as a fucking telenovela. I don't even know what I was watching at the end of it. It was I was over it. Like I was over it. I'm not happy. I'm very disappointed. Like the, sh- the show that was this great. This is how we end it, you know. Um, but it's over. So thank God for that. There goes my anxiety. You know what else got really weird? Billions. I'm not even gonna go into that, but it got really fucking weird. Over it. Next, Lena. If you guys are wondering how she's been, she's been great. I think she looks really good. She's been working out. She's, she's been, what? Oh, she went to Miami. Oh, my God. If you guys go on Lena's Instagram, okay, at Lena Noraldine, okay, N-O-U-R-E-L-D-I-N-A. No, A. not Dina, no, A. <laughs> go on her Instagram. She was killing it in Miami. I mean, like, ass cheeks on my white tee, like, all kinds of, like, bronze goddess, these, this braid, like, these braids. She was looking like an Egyptian. I don't even know what I was looking at, but she has pictures for days, and she had some R&R in Miami. So, uh, if you're wondering, she's doing great. If you don't know who she is, Lena's my producer. She sits right here to my right, you know, the YouTube guy that told me I shouldn't be looking at her. That's who I'm looking at when I look this way, Lena. Um, she's been doing great. Uh, she's all of a sudden gluten-free. Sure. Um, she has come up with a theory that, uh, she's allergic to gluten without any type of testing, which is fine because I've diagnosed myself plenty of times, but that's going on with her life right now. So she's like not eating bread, which is really hard for us because we like to go eat burgers. And, um, well, she just gets like the lettuce. It's just gross. I don't even know what she's eating anymore. She's gluten-free, but she's still a carnivore. Okay. Um, we got your, our ears pierced. We got our ears pierced, yeah. It, it's been, yeah, so I went in there, and I, you know, remember I was telling you guys, I'm so bored with my life, I need to do something. We went to get our ears pierced when we came back from our trips, and um, I was going to get, like, I already have two holes on each side, and I was going to get, you know, a third one, so I was going to get three on this one and four on this one, but they convinced me to do a double on this side and one up here, and basically they told me I already had my third ear, my third ear piercings on each side, and I said, oh... I did. The fact that I forgot that I've had my ears pierced, like my third hole, that's a fucking shame. What was I doing when I got them pierced? How don't I, I, how do I not know that? Like that was humiliating. He's like, I was like, I do. I was sitting there like so confused. I sounded like just a drunk college girl that went and got her ears pierced one day and just totally forgot about it. The hole's apparently still there. They can see it. They said they can re-pierce it if they needed to. We got our ears pierced. It's sore as fuck. I forgot how much it hurt. Um, and now they're healing. Can't wait because I want to change these earrings out. I'm really over them. 
What else happened with Lena? Uh, oh, I discovered the other day I was talking to somebody, you know, and, and we went over this um, kind of in my college episode. And I always say this, like, everything happens for a reason, I believe. And, you know, I always complain about um, walking out of college with just so many student loans. And I was talking to Anna, who did my makeup, and she I was telling her about how, like, oh, my God, I, I, you know, if I didn't go to college, I wouldn't have been in this debt, and it really held me back, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, but then I wouldn't have met Lena, you know? And, and you know, Lena has helped me with the show. If I didn't have Lena, I don't think I would have ever started this podcast or my other, like, starring Milan talk show. And, like, you know, obviously, besides being a great friend, aside from that, but, I mean, like, this, you know, if, if I didn't have her, this really wouldn't have came into existence. And I just, like, damn, Lena cost me over $85,000. You expensive, bitch. She, I walked out with this loan for this bitch. <laughs> and that's what she cost me. Um, so that's all on Lena. Yeah, yeah. One day we're going to get her a mic. I don't know if we're ready for all that yet. Uh, speaking of friends, I have new ones. So <laughs> over my hiatus, I have become closely acquainted with my cousin and her friends, her bachelorette friends. So as you remember, I didn't get to go on the bachelorette party because I had family duties, but you know, we've been hanging out ever since and I got really close with them and you know, I really enjoy their company and you know, you always hear people say, like, no new friends. Or, uh, mm, my favorite, quality over quantity. I mean, you know, the people that have one friend and they just like quality over quantity. Like, no, you just have one friend that likes you. This is it. Um, that's, that's your quality because you only have this, you don't have any other options. Uh, what about quality and quantity? I mean, that's a fucking thing. Why can't I have both? I'm a Gemini, okay? I yearn for conversation. I love meeting new people. I love getting to know new people. That doesn't mean I'm best friends with everybody. And that doesn't mean um, that I'm not friends with my other friends. It just means that I love meeting new people and getting to know them because I'm inspired by people. You never know what you can learn from somebody um, and how they can inspire you just by having a conversation with them. And I have grown to really like these girls. And I'm just, you know why not? I mean, if people aren't taking away from your life, they're adding value in some way, why not? Even if it's conversations, you know, these people, these girls are very much different from me. They grew up differently. They're very much different from me. And I enjoy their company because I learned a lot from them. So I got some new friends. They cool. Um, what else? Book club. Oh my God. We are a book club of, oh, how many people do we have now? Three, four, five, us three, I think there's six or seven of us. I think it's seven. One is kind of silent. She hasn't responded. I don't know if she checks her Instagram. Okay. Okay, there's six of us. You guys, we have a group, a book club of six. Do you remember? Do you remember when we were a book club of two and it was just me and Lena and I'm like forcing her to read, like shoving the book down her throat? Well, now there's six of us and we are on book three and it's A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. And I... Tolle? Tolle? Tolle. Eckhart Tolle. 
Eckhart Tolle? God damn it, Lena. What the fuck is his name? You know I don't know English, and now you're confusing me. Okay, anyway, Mr. Eckhart. Um, so I decided to read this book because Oprah talks about how this book changed her life. If you ever listen to Oprah's podcast or anything that Oprah has ever done, her main like goal in life is to just be present, constantly be present. And I didn't really understand what that means. I've set like Every year, I'm like, I want to be more present. And to me, it was kind of like not being on my phone and just like being there. But when I read this book, I really understood what she means by, <clears throat> oh, girl, I'm new to this. Uh, <laughs> but I finally understood what she meant by being present. Uh, this book really dives into like yourself, your ego, your subconscious, and just being present all the time and the value that being present brings. Like basically the overarching concept, I mean, I'm only on, we just finished chapter four, but the idea is how to get rid of your ego because your ego kind of like, honestly, the best way I can put this blocks you from your blessings. So how to get get rid of your ego is by being present because you don't give your ego the opportunity to kind of... Um, drift away from the present moment and to act on its egoic ways, I guess. That's the best way I can put it. I'm only on chapter four. So this book is incredible. I like, I haven't really implemented the being present part, if I'm being completely honest with you guys, because the thought of like just being present and alert all the time, it kind of scares me because I am such a, uh, a planner, right? And that the, the part, well, there's a part of the book that's kind of strange where it kind of basically is like, not that you can't sit down and plan and think of the next thing you're supposed to do, but that means you're not being present. Unless you sit down and are, the goal was to only do that, any other time that you're doing it, you're not being present. But I'm always thinking about things. I have things come to my mind while I'm in the shower, while I'm doing this or that. So, and that is not, that is the opposite of what he says. That is not being present. You're not enjoying these moments and you're not in these moments. You're letting your mind wander. So the thought of, you know, being present all the time, it kind of scares me. So to be honest with you guys, um, I haven't implemented yet, but I'm only on chapter four. So I, I plan to do so. The book is incredible. And if you haven't read it, I really do recommend for you guys to read it. It is our third book and we'll be done with it probably end of June, early July. And then we're going to start a fourth book. And if you're interested in joining the book club, let me know and I'll add you when we are starting our newest book. What else has happened to me? I'm trying out a new deodorant. Again. So I've been using natural deodorants for a while. I've been using the Kopari deodorant since like August or something. And it works like I would say 90% of the time. Um, if I'm working out and I have that deodorant on, it works because my armpits are moving and they're free and there's air coming in. And actually my uh, coach, <laughs> one of my coaches came up to me and said, your pheromones, they smell really good. Mind you, I'm like dying at orange theory, sweating, look like I just got out of the shower. I'm like, oh my God, like this deodorant brings out like my pheromones in a good way. I don't know, weird. Um, but I have to say, don't ask me how I figured this out. It don't work so well on an airplane. <laughs> because, you know, when your armpits are like in a closed, like, you know, you just sweat and then they're there and they're not getting any air. Anyway, basically, I was telling the girl that was sugaring my vag area for my Brazilian about, you know, my experience with a natural deodorants and she recommended this Lumi deodorant and it's been working so far. I guess the real test will be on a plane and I'm sorry guys if you end up sitting next to me. <laughs> oh, God bless my boyfriend. Um, <laughs> 
He's like, we got to talk about this organic deodorant one day. <laughs> He's so nice. I would have been like, you fucking smell. You're going to put on this old spice and shut the fuck up and expose your body to all of these chemicals, okay? That's about it for the BTS segment. I'm now going to go into the talkworthy segment. Again, this is where we pick a few things that went on in the media the past week, and we just try to offer a different perspective. Um, since I've been gone, there's been a lot going on. So I'm not going to talk about what's happened the past week. I'm just going to pick a few things that caught my attention over the past six weeks, okay? I'm not going to go too deep into it because some of the stuff you've probably already heard a million times, but I'm just going to give my take on it. Let's start with Psalm West. Mm -hmm. So Kanye and Kim had their fourth baby. It's a boy, and they named him Psalm West. And why is this talk worthy, you ask? Um, it's not. But, you know, when I saw the tweets that people were saying after the name was revealed, I was like, what is, what's the problem? What is the problem? People are, like, shocked. People feel they're like insulted, like it's somehow affecting them. Um, what the fuck did you think they were going to name him? Like John? I mean, come on, like North Saint, Chicago for crying out loud. Like what did you think they were going to name their baby? Like they were not going to name it some like, you know, I guess normal people name because that's we have normal people names and they don't. So um, it wasn't going to be some basic regular shit. Okay, let's be clear. I'm not mad. I mean, I don't even know what, I can't even imagine another name at this point. I know it sounds weird, but people were like, now he wants to um, take like the spiritual and the faith route because he's having these Sunday services. Um, some people are, are kind of saying that it's like a PR thing for him. He's always had faith. He's always been a faithful person. Um, and I like the name. It's weird. I, I'm, I'm, I, okay. I want to say this. I'm indifferent. I don't really care for it, but I don't hate it. Is that weird? So if I don't hate it, does that mean I like it? Like, I don't really have that much of an opinion, you know? Um, I don't know. That's all I have to say. I, I kind of like the name. I don't, I don't have any beef with it. It could have been worse. Shit. Listen, I wasn't with the whole Northy thing, but it, it's working. It's cute. But, um, I like Psalm West and I like, I like how it's, spelled obviously um I like how it's pronounced I'm really into it okay impossible burgers you know if you are a fan of the starring Milana show you might know that I am a pescatarian and I have been for um a year and a half a little longer now so I die for burgers okay like veggie burgers but not just any veggie burger I'm not really into like black bean patties or like mushroom patties I like impossible patties and if you don't know what that means there's a company called impossible foods and they make impossible like burger patties and it's so good they sell them at all of these restaurants and you know here's the thing it looks like meat tastes like meat you look at it and you think it's meat. You can probably fool people who they are thinking they're eating a regular burger, but it, they're not It because it looks like meat, okay? The problem is, though, preparation is everything. So if I want a really good Impossible Burger, I go to Umami Burger. Umami Burger has the best options for them. There's four options, and they prepare them like I can't even explain to you. If you eat meat, just go one day and try it. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. So anyway, it's great there. 
Fatburger, for example, has them too. Look, it's not a great preparation. It tastes fine. They don't make it well. I don't know. But if you're starving, it's not a bad option and you don't eat meat, okay? I went to a lunch with Lena and we went to taste. And I'm like, oh my God, I want a burger so bad. I had just had like a photo shoot and I'm like, I was, you know, don't feed the models. And now I'm like, well, now I, I need to eat. So I'm starving and I want a big ass burger. I go into taste. I'm like, can I have your veggie burger with the impossible patty? Like, sorry, we're out of the impossible patties. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, They're on, we're on back order. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? He tells me that Burger King bought out all the patties. There's no more patties. There's no, there's a fucking shortage for patties. Now I'm like, great. Now I have to eat a fucking salad because there's nothing else I like at that restaurant. And um, yeah, I guess it's like not so bad because now Burger King has in select stores has a vegetarian option. They and they and it's not just any vegetarian option. It's the Impossible Burger, which is really great news for people who are drunk and want to go through a drive-through and can't eat anything but fries. Like me, all I eat is like I have to get basically two orders of fries for me to fulfill my stomach when I'm drunk. You know, um, but now I can go and get a burger. I mean, that's great for me at 2 o'clock in the morning. I mean, this is like amazing for me. You know, it's going to probably taste like shit. This is what I mean by preparation is everything. It's not going to be like an umami Impossible Burger. It's going to be Burger King style, you know, probably like microwaved and like whatever the fuck else they put in there. I mean, the lettuce probably has some sort of bacteria on it. It's going to be a fucked up burger. Let's be clear. But at least now they have an option. So God bless. Maybe next they'll have, like, chicken tenders. I would die if they had, like, McDonald's had, like, impossible chicken tenders. Oh, my God. Ah. Ah. I miss chicken tenders. Okay. So, yeah. Jeff Bezos. Bezos? 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 I don't know. I don't know. Jeffy, Amazon owner, richest man in the world, okay? Him and his wife have officially divorced. They were married in Washington. And Washington has a, when you divorce, you basically, it's, I don't know what the proper terminology is, but like they have a 50-50 split. So you automatically split your assets 50-50. So I don't know, that doesn't make any sense because he's worth like $145 billion. So she would have gotten or 130 or something, she should have gotten like at least 60, but she got 37 billion. I don't know what that means. Maybe some of it's tied up in stocks or whatever. Anyway, Mackenzie Bezos is now like one of the richest women in the world with $37 billion to her name. She signed the giving pledge. And basically the giving pledge is something that Warren Buffett and Bill Gates started. And it's kind of like a pledge where they um, ask millionaires and billionaires and really wealthy people to uh, kind of vow to donate or give 50% of their money while alive or deceased, hopefully alive, um, to charity. So she signed it. $37 billion. So that's, uh, what is that, Seven, six, 18, like about... About 18 billion, 18.5 billion, huh? 18.5 billion dollars to charity. Holy shit. I've been like reading about debates with this. People are like, that's too much money to give to charity. Some people are like, some people are like, what the fuck is she gonna do with the other 18.5 billion? Some people are like, give all of it, keep a billion. You know, 
listen, you never know what's going to happen in life. You can get sued one day and you'd already given all your money away. And now you broke (laughs) because you gave all your money away and you got sued and someone took the rest of your money. No, but really nobody needs that much money. Let's be clear. I would definitely give a good portion of my money. Um, I think Jeff Bezos, Lena was telling me he got criticized because he's only given like, he gave $3 billion to charity last year, which is really nothing when you look at compared to what he has. But, you know, that's none of our fucking business. People work their asses off, and it's none of our business what they're doing with their money. Like, stay out of people's pockets, yes. However, I do believe it's important to hold people accountable. That's why I like the idea of the giving pledge, right? Like, Mark Zuckerberg, he signed up for it. There's just a level of necessity. Like, how necessary is this amount of money and the things that you can purchase with it, you know? I will say this, though. I What I do like about it is that it doesn't really manage in which way you give money and who you give your money to. I have to tell you, I don't trust most of these charity foundations. I would be very hesitant to give my money to different charities. I, If it was me and I had this lump sum of money, you know, I always say this. There's two things that are near and dear to my heart. Um, there's a lot of things, but two that I really would focus on is uh, women's rights, which we'll get into later, right, and immigration. I'm really, really big in, on immigration. And if there were, I, I would give so much money to lawyers and organizations that helped out people that were being deported and um, unlawfully treated or couldn't receive an education because they weren't legal or couldn't get work. I really would donate a big portion of my money or help create uh, organizations or teams that can help those people who are in need because I was an immigrant myself. So I know how difficult that process can be. I mean, look at everything that's going on in the border. Those poor kids, families are separated, kids are dying. It's horrible. So that is one thing that I would really focus on and among many others. But basically, I would like to have more control of where my money is going because nowadays you never know. But I really big ups to her. That is a lot of money to donate. So that's amazing. And hopefully all of these rich people and the wealthy sign this pledge because I think it does hold you accountable, you know, to think about others. Another thing. So people are climbing Mount Everest. Mm, this is really sad. I, 11 people died in 10 days climbing Mount Everest. Rest in peace, first of all. Why? Why are we climbing Mount Everest if people are dying? I mean, I'm sorry. I, okay, I know this show's about building understanding, so I would really like to understand why are people taking these types of risks? I mean, it just doesn't appeal to me. Maybe I just don't get it. It doesn't appeal to me. First of all, to climb the fucking mountain, you have to, it it can cost anywhere between $40,000 to $100,000. Like just just for all the equipment and the entire process. Then it takes up to two months. Like you got to get there. You have to get acclimated to the weather. You have to climb to camp one, climb back down. Climb to camp two, climb back down. Like you sleep there, the air is thin. It's just all of this shit. And then two months, you're fucking freezing. You can die. You can have a heart attack. I mean, all kinds of things can happen to you just to climb a mountain. I don't, I don't know. I'm just not into it. I don't get it. I mean, God bless you guys. The other thing, this is so sad. You know, when people climb it and they don't make it, there's bodies. There's over 200 bodies scattered. 
it's really sad. I don't know if I can, I'm like, you're climbing, you're thinking about supplemental oxygen, focusing, there's a traffic jam because all these people are trying to climb and then, then there's bodies. I mean, it's just the whole thing is really, really sad. I don't know. Rest in peace to those people. Really, I mean, I don't get it. Somebody DM me, give me the appeal, leave a comment on this video. I don't know. Not my thing. You'll never see me count. I can barely climb Running Canyon. I mean, really. I don't know. Lena, you? No? All set? We're good. Our, our legs, my legs are short. It's going to take me like twice as long. I'm not running outside, so I'm definitely not climbing mountain. I'm all set. Orange Theory, I'm good. Um, now, there was an article that I read while I was on my hiatus, okay? I guess this has been a conversation that was going on for a while. I didn't know about it because, one, I don't really cook Fun fact. And two, I don't eat chicken. So this is not something that I was even aware of. But the CDC put out a statement, actually a tweet, and I want to read this to you guys about mm, chicken. And I'm really sorry um, if you eat, eat chicken. <laughs> you should probably know this. I don't know. You should probably know this. Maybe don't listen to I don't even know. Whatever. Just like listen, okay? They put out this tweet. I'm going to just read it direct because I don't want to fuck it up. Don't wash your raw chicken. Exclamation point. Mark? They're excited. Washing can spread germs from the chicken to other food or utensils in the kitchen. We didn't, and then people got, was well, an outrage. We didn't mean to get you all hot about not washing your chicken, but it's true. Kill germs by cooking chicken thoroughly, not washing it. You shouldn't wash any poultry, meat, or eggs. Fucking eggs, are you kidding me? Before cooking them. They can all spread germs around your kitchen. During washing, chicken juices can spread in the kitchen and contaminate other foods, utensils, and countertops. Raw chicken can be contaminated with, you know, salmonella, all that good stuff. So, um, this, what? The Center for Disease Control? You didn't know that? Why are you laughing? Oh, Lena, I think she was playing a joke on me. She asked me to tell you guys what the CDC was because she didn't think I knew because earlier I said R&R &R and I didn't know what the other R and R&R &R was. But the CDC is the, the Center of Disease for Disease Control. Fuck. <laughs> I know what it is. You just put me on the spot. Anyway, those motherfuckers just told us not to wash our chicken. Well, your chicken, not my chicken. I'm not eating chicken. But you guys, I got really grossed out when I thought about this. You know, I subconsciously have always felt this way about chicken. Even when I was eating meat, I used to say, I don't like grilled chicken because you can still kind of taste the texture of it. And to me, it still feels raw. The only way I would eat chicken is if it was like fried, which is not good for you also, but fried and just like all the fucking chemicals were fried out of it and all the diseases were fried out of it and beaten out of the fucking chicken and then I'll eat it. Because chickens always creep me out for as long as I can remember. The only way I would eat it is if it was fried. Unless I was drunk ordering chicken McNuggets at McDonald's. But that was the only way I was eating chicken. Um, when I read this article, I got really grossed out because Maybe I didn't know this because I don't cook, but the entire concept to me, I can't even wash. If I can't wash something because it's going to contaminate my entire chicken with my kitchen with salmonella and I can get sick. If I can't, if I can't wash something because it's going to spread disease all over my house, you want me to put that shit in my body? It's just gross. And I know you, I know you're supposed to wash 
you shouldn't wash fish and all these other things could get you sick as well. I, I get it. I get it. But just the fact that like there was an argument going on about chicken and washing it, it just was like, you know, God bless the vegetarians and the vegans. I am just one step closer to you guys because it's really getting gross out here. Uh, yeah. The last thing I'm going to talk about is, uh, you know, the abortion bullshit. And that's what I'm going to call it because it's bullshit. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I went to Italy and came back and it's like handmaid's tail up in here. I don't know what's happening. Okay. Alabama, go fuck yourself. I don't understand. They passed a law that basically says it is a felony to get an abortion, help somebody get an abortion, if the woman is not at risk, if her life is not at risk. So you mean to tell me if your 11-year-old daughter got raped by, mm, I don't know, her fucking uncle, she's supposed to give birth to that child. I don't get it. I, I, I'm, and I, I, it's not even about, like, being raped, and it's not even about, like, you know, a, a mother's health or whatever. It's just about a fucking choice. Like the whole thing in general is bullshit to me because why does anybody get to decide what someone else can do with their body? And I know there's been like a, an argument for a long time that's been going on that, you know, it's not really your body. There's another human form in there. So now we're talking about a different, and we're talking about another human life. We're not talking about your body. But that's still my body, and it's still in my body. I don't know. I just don't think that it's anyone's... Why are we playing God, basically, is what I'm trying to ask. I don't understand. Like, this is getting... This is going way too far. It's not only Alabama. So Georgia, Ohio, Mississippi, and Kentucky passed the similar laws. That's really fucking scary to me. That's really scary to me. Because all of, all of these states, they're trying to basically reverse... Roe versus Roe v. Wade. And why are we going backwards? I, I don't know. I I I did it. I I don't like to get too deep into it because like I said, women's health and women's rights are a really big deal to me. And I can get really emotional about it because um, you know, I've I've had some health issues that I'm not gonna get into, but but you know, there's a lot of organizations that have helped me through um times where I maybe couldn't speak to my parents about it or culturally it was just inappropriate or, or whatever. I, I'm not, I've never had an abortion if that's what you guys are thinking, but I just think that, you know, it's not about to these people who are voting for these things and, and trying to enact this into law. It's not about what's right or wrong for these people. It's not about ethics. Okay. It's not about morals. Cause let's be real. Most of these fucking politics, politicians have none of that. It's not about that. And it's not a religious thing to, to them. It's just a power thing. I, I really strongly do believe that. And even if it is a religious thing, what if, what if the person next to you is not religious and doesn't believe in that? Why do you get to implement your fucking beliefs onto someone else's life? I don't get it. So it's very disappointing. I, I mean, oh my God, I was going to say, I don't think it's really going to get that far where it's actually enacted. So like, I didn't really believe that, but you know what? I also didn't believe Donald Trump was going to be president. So here we are. I don't even know what to believe anymore. I just really hope that, that it doesn't happen because it's going to, you know, set us back. It's going to cause a huge divide. And I don't think that abortion is something that should be in politics. And this is all political. 
It's political bullshit and it's all about power. And I don't believe that women's rights should be a conversation that people should be having in politics, period. I don't think it should be a Republican versus Democrat thing. I don't even think it should be talked about. I don't think it's something that we should still ask about. It should not exist. This is not something, a decision that people should be making for us. So, um, yeah. Anyway, that was all for the Talkworthy segment. And now we're going to go into dropping gems. This is where I pick a topic of the week. And it's always random. It can be anything from relationships to faith to friendships to anything. And I drop a few gems. So I decided this week to talk about my trip. Because I received a lot of messages about my travel itinerary. I created a travel itinerary that was the size of the book I'm currently reading. Um, My boyfriend was making fun of me, but I reposted it on my Instagram story and people were like, oh my God, I need to know how you did this. I want to learn about like planning my trips. I'm all over the place when I travel. Me and my partner are always fighting when when we travel because we can never like decide on one thing to do. Um, And you know what? I decided to talk about it because I am a planner by nature. I am very organized and I kind of like, I'm not, I'm not like a, I'm a person that doesn't really like surprises. And what I mean by that is I just like to know what's happening so I can be prepared. I do not like being unprepared. It is just like the biggest fucking pet peeve to me when I'm not prepared. And that doesn't mean you're not spontaneous, okay? You can be spontaneous in the activities or the things you wish to be spontaneous in, which we were on our trip. We had moments where we were being spontaneous. But for the most part, I don't like to struggle, okay? I don't like to... I'll get into the struggle part when we get to transportation around Italy. But basically, I don't like to struggle. I like to know what's happening. I like some sort of a schedule. I'm not talking about minute by minute, hour by hour, but I need to know what's happening every day, like where I'm going, what I'm doing, if I have something planned. If not, then it's a free day. You get what I'm saying? Okay, so let's start with packing. I am not a backpacker. I don't get it. I can't even backpack through LA. Um, I can't backpack to my fucking boyfriend's house. Like, what if, what if you changed your plans and now you have to go somewhere? Like, I don't get the backpacking thing. I tried to pack light for this trip. I decided to just bring one luggage on wheels, like one, you know, luggage and like a carry-on duffel bag. That's how I was going to handle my two weeks of traveling. And, you know, I have to say, I will admit I did overpack a little bit this time. Not necessarily overpack. I didn't, I was prepared for everything except the weather. When I looked at the weather, I thought it was going to be kind of warm, but a little like spring nights, you know, a little windy. No, it was, it was cold the majority of the time. So I packed like so many bathing suits, so many cover-ups, so much pairs of shorts that I didn't even wear. So that was like one mistake that I made is just assuming the weather was going to get better. Um, and it didn't. I, it wasn't cold the entire time, but I definitely could have packed more jeans. Let's just say that. The best way to pack for a trip like this. So there's different types of trips, right? When you're going to like Cabo, you basically know you're going to be on the beach. So you throw all your bathing suits in your bag and you get like really light clothes. That's that kind of trip. For trips where you're jumping around from city to city and some parts it's like you're going to be laying by the beach and, you know, some parts like a city, you kind of have to 
break down the way you pack. So for example, if I'm only in each city for two or three nights, that means I'm not going to open my luggage, unpack everything, hang it up. I don't have time for that, right? I want to use my time wisely. So I use packing cubes and I bought mine from CalPack when I buy my luggage, but you can get packing cubes from anywhere. And I kind of break them down in like five different categories. I have like shirts in one, dresses in another, bathing suits and cover-ups in another, my under like garments, and then my chill clothes. And then for like jeans and stuff, I kind of put them underneath the packing cubes um, in my luggage and same thing with jackets. The reason why I like these is like when I'm like, okay, we are in Florence and uh, we're just going to go grab lunch, right? I'm just going to get jeans and t-shirt. I know where, do, where the t-shirt is and the jeans are. I'm not flipping everything inside and out of my luggage trying to find a particular t-shirt. I know that all my t-shirts are in this packing cube. And I'll probably upload a picture for you guys on my Instagram story so you can kind of understand what I'm talking about. But Basically, they're little baggies, and I like to separate all my shit in bags. Same thing with shoes. I put all my shoes in, like, dust bags and keep them in there. Um, I will say that when you're going on a trip like this where you know you're going to probably be shopping, leave room. I did not leave a lot of room for uh, shopping, so I had to get another luggage. <laughs> also, I have to say, know where you're going. You know, I going to Italy, I knew there's going to be a lot of walking, and the streets aren't very friendly for uh, stilettos. So maybe you shouldn't pack so many pairs of heels, Milana. I thought I was packing light. I thought I packed three pairs and I was going to be a-okay and I packed too many. I literally wore one pair the entire time, one pair of heels anyway, and the rest were sandals and sneakers. So fucked up there. But besides that, I think I did very well for a Europe trip for two weeks, one luggage that was hard work for me. I can't believe I squeezed everything in. Also, you don't want to pack things that, you know, could be provided for you. So maybe like shampoos or conditioners if you don't care about a certain brand or bringing like, um, like a blow dryer or something. You know, if you do your research ahead of time and contact the hotels and know most hotels provide those items, you don't have to carry that load. So that's something that I definitely did. Let's talk about hotels. In Europe, you know, their version of a four-star, five-star hotel is different than ours. It's not as nice, okay? So I don't stay anywhere or really do anything on a trip if I have not researched it thoroughly on TripAdvisor. I love TripAdvisor. I'm kind of like selfish because I take a lot from TripAdvisor. I use them and I don't contribute shit and I'm sorry. I like never leave any comments or reviews, but I fucking love TripAdvisor. It is so accurate. It provides you like information about like the hotel or whatever itinerary, whatever uh, activity or whatever you're doing. Let's say a hotel. Provides you all the information about the hotel and then what you can do is you can read all the comments and you see the photos from the hotel and then you click on traveler photos and you really get to see what the hotel looks like, right? And people are very, very honest and they're thorough. And you can even type in, in their reviews, there's like thousands of reviews for everything. And you can type in like, for example, I was in the Mafi Coast and I know the Mafi Coast, Positano is like a vertical city. So you can't really get cars into a lot of places. A lot of it is walking. And I was like, how do I get my luggage to my hotel? So when I was researching hotels there, I was researching hotels that uh, had... Uh, taxis were able to pull right up to the front door and drop you off. There's a lot of hotels that couldn't do that. They had to drop you off on a certain street and you had to walk down a million stairs with your luggage or hire a porter service to get to the hotel. So that's what I mean. I would go on a hotel and I would read the reviews and I would, in the search button, I would type in like luggage 
and all of the comments about luggage came up and you can see. So I love TripAdvisor. I did all my research. All of my hotels were exactly what I thought they were going to be. There were no surprises. And um, I'm very happy with that part of my trip. And then I want to get into transportation. So we didn't just get off a plane and land in a city and stay there the entire time. We traveled to, I think it was like seven or eight different cities. So we went from the north east side of the country all the way down to the southwest, basically. Um, and that meant we rented a car at one point. We took like three different trains when we were going from city to city. And I was reading reviews and people were like, People are so rude in Italy. Nobody was helping me at the train station. It was so confusing. I didn't know how to do this. I searched trains and how to get from city to city for about two weeks. I'm not even kidding you. Nonstop. There's so many different options. Like, just everything you can think of. I, there's different train stations. If I would have left it to figure out when I got there, like, oh, what train station do I go to? Oh, what, what train station does it drop me off of in the next city? How do I get from there to my hotel? We would have wasted so much time. We would have been so stressed out. We would have been arguing. So I researched everything and I booked all of our train tickets before we even left. I bought everything in advance. And because of that, we had a schedule and we knew like, okay, this is the train station we're going to. This is what time we have to be there. And it was a fucking breeze. We walked in, we gave our tickets, they pointed at the train and it was easy. People were there trying to buy tickets. They, did, they were standing there at the machines. They didn't even know what the name of the train station was in the city they were going to because it's very confusing it's in Italian you know and even in English the names are still in Italian of the station so I have to say that is one of the better things that I did was book all the transportation before we left um and now let's talk about the itinerary so I am basically a travel agent. My boyfriend was like joking the entire time. He's like, you are a travel agent. And honestly, I could be one because I'm so fucking organized and I do my research. I had an entire book of everything, hotels, transportation, receipts, everything, but also activities. I am so glad that I booked our Vatican City tour because like it was packed. The tickets were so much more expensive when we when we got there. I packed, I definitely booked it ahead of time. Also booked a cooking class, which is a great idea. The the reason why I was able to, like, do so much and, like, really get into this trip is because I've been obsessed with Italy, like, my entire life. Um, I don't know what it is. I feel like I was Italian in my past life. My name was kind of close to, like, Milan, Milana. And ever since, like, when I moved to America, the street that I lived on was an Italian street name. I now currently live on a different street. It's also an Italian street name. I love Italian food. My best friend growing up is Italian. Somehow my boyfriend's Italian. I don't know what's happening, but I fucking am obsessed with Italy. And, um, oh, Lena is apparently a quarter Italian. Okay, she is. Um, so there you go. Basically, I love all things Italy. And I didn't want to go to Italy until I had the opportunity to take off a good amount of time and go with someone who wanted to go, you know, who wanted to follow my trip. You know, if you go with other people and they have their own shit in mind, it's not going to really work out. I wanted to go on my time and what I wanted to do. And luckily my boyfriend just tagged along. I basically planned the entire trip for him and he was just living like a fucking king. Okay. So I knew what I was getting into. I knew what cities I wanted to see. And I planned the entire trip strategically because I'd been researching it for so long. Um, so that's probably why I was able to do so well. I don't usually go this deep when I'm going to, like, Cancun, okay, or, like, New York. You know, I plan it out, but it's not, like, 
this deep. So I didn't even plan this when I went to Paris. I got there. I was like, oh, maybe I should go to Versailles one of these days or Spain. So this was very um, important to me because I wanted to go there. So I wanted to make sure that I saw everything that I wanted to see. With that being said, those are my tips. I'm just going to give you guys a brief like overview of my trip. So um, we, these are the cities we went to. So we went to Venice and then we stopped in Murano Island, Florence, Chianti, Amalfi Coast, Positano specifically, Capri, Naples, Rome, um, and then we saw Vatican City. A lot of people asked me what my favorite part was and um, I'm kind of divided. I love Positano, okay, the Amalfi Coast, Positano in particular. It is exactly how it looks in photos. It is a postcard. This place is a dream. I will go back there a million more times. I loved it. I will say that it is a little touristy because it's so popular, but I loved it. The first time I saw it was um, a photo that Gray Mallon, my favorite photographer, took over. It was an aerial photo, and I just saw the umbrellas, and it was just like so iconic, and I fell in love with it, and I loved it in person. So that was one of my favorites, and the Tuscany region in general. I loved Florence as an amazing city, and Chianti, which is the, like a countryside, like Chianti wines. Just that Tuscany region was probably my favorite. That's where we ate the best food. That's where we met the best people. Um, just everything. The Domo in Florence is so beautiful, and Chianti was just, it was it was also a dream. It was so green. I mean, I felt like I, you could feel like God's presence when you're in Chianti. It's just green and it's just his like work. It's crazy. So those are probably my favorite places. Um, food, you just, I ate nonstop. I ate everything and anything. And I think that's kind of where I was very spontaneous because food to me is very important. I did a little bit of research of where I wanted to go and I got some recommendations, but for the most part, we asked like a lot of the locals and they recommended places and people were never wrong. And you know, what's crazy. People were telling me the food in Italy is not that good before I got there. I heard it from like three or four people. It's not what we're used to. It's not that good. Where the fuck were you guys eating? Because I had the best food that I've had in my entire life. I don't know if you're eating in like really touristy places or what, but I really enjoyed the food. I didn't even gain a fucking pound. I ate bread like four times a day, but I walked so much. I mean, and the food is just better there. It's not like processed like it is here. So I really enjoyed the food. Um, the people were very nice. Nobody was rude to me. I also heard that Italians are really, no, I think they're just direct. And um, yeah, I love the people. Um, I think that's, a, oh, I will say this. There's no sense of urgency in Italy. You know, people just kind of move at their own fucking pace. You can sit down and order pasta and it can take anywhere from 20 minutes to maybe 45 minutes, just depending on however, you know, they're feeling back there. There's no sense of urgency. So I found that very interesting, but I really do appreciate that because it kind of allows you to like, because for them, I feel like for Italians, just uh, having conversations and enjoying food and tasting foods is so important to them um, that, you know, there's, they, there is no urgency and, and, or they don't want to speed that up where we eat lunch at our desk and stare at our computer all day because we can't stop working. So I, I really appreciate that about Italy. The last thing I will say is traveling with your significant other, um, you know, it could be a breeze or not. Me and my boyfriend, we've traveled together several times, but never, you know, this far away and for this long. And I have to say it was pretty easy because, I, you know, I kind of took control because I knew what I wanted to do and he let me. And um, yeah, I mean, we survived Naples. 
Okay, that's all I'm going to say. Naples was a tough city. People are like intense there. It was loud. We got into an argument there, but we survived it. So I have to say if we survived Naples, we could probably survive a lot worse. And yeah, I really, I really enjoyed the trip. Um, that's really all I have to say about Italy. So I guess the gems were dropped in the, you know, traveling, packing, trip advisor, whatever spiel. Um, I don't know where I'm going to go next. I want to go back to Italy though. I want to go to Sicily, probably not for as long. I wouldn't recommend traveling for, we were technically gone for 16 days. It's a long time. I think by day 12, I was like kind of angsty till I come back. I could probably do like a trip for 12 days, but I don't think I'll ever do 16 again. Um, but I love, I love the country. So I'm going to go back and I want to do Milan and Lake Como and Cinque Terre and then another trip and go back and do Sicily. Um, so yeah. Definitely going back to Italy. And that's all I have to say. I hope you guys learned a thing or two about traveling. I am not an expert, but I do um, enjoy it. And I think, I'm, I think I would say I'm a pretty good, pretty good traveler. Yeah. Yeah, I planned our Chicago trip, didn't I? Yeah. I'm good. I do my research. That's what's the most important when you're traveling is to do your research. I just don't, I'm just, you know, just like landing somewhere and like doing the Kanye shrug and not knowing what to do next. It's just not my thing. I just, I knew where to go, if we're taking a taxi, if we're not, if we have a shuttle, like you have to plan these things, especially in a foreign country, I think anyway, because what ends up happening is you end up paying more money when you get there because you're asked out and you don't have options or you're just lost. You know, people are talking about how lost they were. I'm like, I'm gone lost. Like knock on wood, I've you know, it was a breeze. It was a fucking breeze. I have to tell you. Um, and I think that's what made the trip so enjoyable is because it was easy. Like we didn't struggle. So yeah, that's it for this week's episode. Again, I'm so happy to be back. Um, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back every Monday. And I hope you guys have an amazing week. Please make sure to keep up with me during the week. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Starring Milana. You can always see this podcast on YouTube. So that's youtube.com forward slash Starring Milana. And if you're watching on YouTube and you'd like to listen to this in your car, this is available on Apple Podcasts and what else? Spotify, Google Play, all the goods. Most most podcast apps, it's available on. So you can listen to me on there. And make sure if you are listening on the podcast app that you leave a review and you subscribe because that's very, very important as I'm trying to grow my audience. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week. <laughs>